know it's okay to be scared, right? People in Tupelo would sort of look down their nose at us. They thought they were somewhat higher class or better than we were. Mom, was the A for the vinegar, pedis of M2, pound of potatoes? George, I can't understand what all this fuss is about. Your will against mine. And you sense things. Sense them with an extraordinary perception. Had a nasty war. Looks like a bookie. And a brain the commander of special branch. Give his eyes full. Give me a bloody cigarette. As I look back on it now, it's almost like the Beverly Hillbillies. Actually, I'm traveling in cod. But that's me. Tommy Gambler, comedian and entertainer. She played moonlight and roses. No moonlight, coals and smell. Well, nothing like roses, I can tell you. You're in for it now. Marvelous. Marvelous. <laughs> Hello everybody, I'm Chris. I'm Craig. I am known as Jack. And I'm... Martin. <laughs> with, with the best bit of... You've got the best bit of business in the business, Martin. Yes. That's my uh, business, Jack. Yes. <laughs> and welcome to the second edition of Cream Guide Films Lockdown Miscellany, where we Whoa. give you some recommendations to watch Things online that are uh, accessible, easily or not. Some are free, some are not. And each of us, in turn, will give five recommendations. We'll talk about one in detail. Uh, before we get to that, how have we all been doing the last couple of weeks? Craig, how have you been getting on? I am fine. You know, um, it's kind of just become normal now to sort of sit until three in the afternoon without having had a shower and do all my work first and then go for a big long shower at about four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Uh, I had a nice big long walk one day last week. Walk, I said. And um, probably not enough of them since. Uh, tomorrow, I'm really excitedly thinking about cleaning the dishwasher at the sides. You know, the bit that get all scummy. I'm going to have a right go at Come them on. and I might clean the oven as well. Yeah, that's, that's how good it is, really. Yeah. It's yeah, kind I'm, of so, glad to you, the, I'm uh, so glad you said shower. It's kind of like okay. the, uh, <laughs> the use of that horrible phrase, the new normal, yeah. which, which, yeah. Is, which is a really, dep- really depressing <laughs> thing to say. The new normal, because there is only the normal. Yeah. Hey, Jack, how have you been getting on? Well, I'd, I'd like to be having a right good going at scrubbing down Craig, but as I'm unable to do that, yeah, no, fine. <laughs> We've got into um, participating in Portrait Artist of the Week, which Sky Arts do on a Sunday morning for four hours where you just sit there and you draw a picture of some famous person you've never heard of. So I've uh, been enjoying that. And, and get this, I actually took up some of the recommendations from the last podcast. So I've, I've watched oh, yeah, four episodes of Tales from the Loop. Yeah, really like it. Uh, really no, like it. And good, I watched good. a couple of the Nerdwriter shorts as well. Um, uh, and I enjoyed yeah, them as well. Good. So podcast adventure. Uh, how's North Lanarkshire's finest? Yeah, still here. I'm still here. Yeah, it's starting to get a wee bit bored, but all of these recommendations have been good. And I would like to say that a few people had been in touch and said that they thought it was really great. They thought it was, you know, great to hear four pals just sitting about talking and fighting <laughs> crime. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> just selling papers. Somebody on this side <laughs> Selling papers. <laughs> We're going to have a bit of a difference. We're going to shake it up. How are you, though, Chris? Ooh. Someone's asked you that. For yeah. 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 How are you, lovely Chris? You don't want to know. <laughs> well, uh, I will. Uh, I'll start by asking Martin this time. We'll go the other way around the table, just for for shits and gigs. So, Martin, what are your five recommendations for the second mm-hmm. edition of the lockdown miscellaneous? My five recommendations for the second edition of Lockdown <laughs> Miscellany. <laughs> ah, number one, Beastie Boys Story, a documentary that's on Apple TV+. Plus. You can get it free for a week, folks. Ooh. Second one is Stuck On You, the history of sticker albums that was on ITV. <laughs> you can get it on ITV Hub. The Devil <laughs> Next Door, a Netflix documentary series about Ivan the Terrible. Not the original Ivan the Terrible, but the Nazi Ivan the Terrible. Chef Show that features John Favreau, uh, Iron Man film director, and Chef Roy Choi. And the last one is a YouTube channel called the Royal Ocean Film Society. So that's my five picks. And so let's uh, let's talk about one of those uh, the the Beastie Boys story. Now, uh, what I want to clear up first of all is Apple TV Plus. So what's that all about? How did you get access to that? 
Yeah, Apple TV Plus is Apple's, you know, foray into the streaming world. It's their kind of Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever it is. And it's doing really well. They've, you know, obviously you get it free if you get a, a buy yourself a new iPhone or an iPad, but uh, they're giving it away free for a week. So you get full seven days, completely free. You can binge on a few things and decide whether you want it. And I think it's something like four forty nine a month or something like that. Um, and you see this, good. this is and it's a, it's a streaming service online. You don't need yes, to streaming like service Apple online. And you right. can if you only get it for the Beastie Boys story, that's the one that I would go for. So the Beastie Boys story is a documentary, pretty self-explanatory. Why the Beastie Boys? Now here's a little story that I got to tell about three bad brothers that you know so well. It started way back in history with that rock, MCA, and me, Mike D. Well, this was something, you know, Craig and I, uh, I I mean, I wouldn't call us Beastie Boys fanatics by any stretch. Craig, would you describe yourself as a Beastie's fanatic? I mean, like most people, I kind of... You know, I knew the Beastie Boys in the 1980s, you know, um, what was the the kind of famous one was uh, Fight for Your Right to Party, No Sleep for Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, you know, these kind of... Which came out when you and I were in about uh, fourth year at high school. Fourth, fourth, fifth year, yeah, heading into that uh, period, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, by no stretch would I say I was, even then, you know, a Beastie Boys fan, but they they were kind of a people that were always around and they they seemed to Mm -hmm. do things that were a wee bit different from everyone else. And this... A documentary. It's Spike Jones is the director of this, um, and it's a, it's difficult to describe. It's kind of like a docu stage presentation. Someone kind of a disparagingly online described it as a TED talk for hip hoppers, um, and it was meant to be released in the cinema. <laughs> it was meant to be released in the cinema, but of course, it got mm-hmm. kind of hampered by the the COVID crisis. And yep. basically, it's Mike Mike D and Ad. Uh, the COVID crisis. What's that then? What did you think I'd said? <laughs> oh, I was pretending I didn't know what it was, Mark. So the old oh, right, yeah. that broke up, haven't you? It, it was the COVID poster- crisis I, that was, uh, it it was to do with <laughs> dis- business management shake-up. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, <laughs> so this features the two, you know, existing um, yeah, members of uh, the Beastie Boys, Mike D and Ad Rock, uh, telling the story of the Beastie Boys from when they were created in the late 70s as a kind of proto-punk band right the way through to the death of Adam MCA Yoch in 2012. I think he died of cancer in 2012, Mm -hmm. just shortly Mm -hmm. after they had made their final album. And they kind of had decided that is it. There's no more Beastie Boys after this. They had always agreed that, you know, once it had run its course, whatever, whatever, if one of them wasn't able to participate, that would be it. So this is a kind of stage show. uh, And it's got... Bits in it, you know. Spike Jones's influences in there. It's told with a lot of footage and stills, and you know, looking back at their careers when they were younger, what the shape of the band was like before. We went from being famous in a 14-block radius to being on tour with Madonna and Rick Rubin. And it takes you through the creation of their original albums, and then into their second album, which is the one where I kind of realised these guys are actually they've got something. And people kind of look back at their second album now, Paul's Boutique as being one of the greatest albums ever made. And the great thing about this programme is you don't have to like the Beastie Boys, you don't have to know any of their tracks or even care about them to enjoy it because it's funny, it's quite informative, it's quite emotional in places as well because they start getting to the point when um, uh, Adam York, MCA, dies in 2012 and the, the two of them you know, tell their own versions of what it meant, what he meant to them, because he was a kind of real creative force in the in the group. And they play the classics, what songs that you would know, um, Intergalactic and uh, mm. Sabotage, of course, which yes. is you know an, an incredible piece of, of rock music. And 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 it takes you through all of those periods when you know they go from being guys that were kind of just arsing about and being rabble rousers and causing trouble. And, to be in people who actually really transformed the music. The Beastie Boys are back after a six-year absence. We changed how we wanted to be as people and friends. When I think of the Beastie Boys, not really knowing very much about them in detail, I think of them very distinctly as the sort of fight for your right to party, you know, oh, they're a bit of a carry-on, look at the tearaways, they're doing all sorts of mad stuff. And then they disappear. And then suddenly these albums come out later and they, they seem to be a completely different... They grew up as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? So so uh, th- this is the sort of 
this is the narrative, is it, of the of the documentary? Absolutely, and <laughs> because it's a stage presentation, you've you, you've got a bit of audience interaction, and there's. I think it was filmed over a couple of um, performances that they did, so there was probably more than one. I think it, it it was in New York, and you've got a wee bit of some kind of audience participation. They make mistakes. There's you know elements of it that you can't tell whether it's a mistake or not because the collaboration with Spike Jones kicked off back in about 1994 with uh, uh, Paul's Boutique and then Ill Communication, which brought Sabotage and the crazy videos mm. that were done like sort of 70s cop shows. And Spike yes. Jones was was really influential on that style of video that they created uh, from that period on. But it's it's really good. It's very entertaining. So it is it's, a, and it's a feature documentary then. Yes, feature documentary, and it was meant to be in cinemas. But Apple stepped in and said, yep. you know, we'll we'll put this out just now and help people through the the crisis, as it were. But it's really great, really enjoyable stuff. Um, Sounds and good. I would highly highly recommend it. Yeah. One of the things I love about them, um, and there was a, a spell last year when I was kind of pinging that great performance of Sabotage that they do on the David Letterman show that's on YouTube to all you guys. Oh. And one thing we all hate is, is what I think Chris refers to as lazy-ass comments. And the lazy-ass comment about status quo, and this is the first thing they've ever been linked, is that they only knew three chords, <laughs> which is Rick Parfitt once said, how many chords do you think you need for a song? If you watch yeah. Sabotage, <laughs> when they're playing it... Um, there's literally one chord in the guitar in the entire song. I think it might even be a G. And the entire song is played with that one chord. And it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. It's also made brilliant, of course, by the fact that um, the late Yacht or Yacht, he played the bass guitar with chords as well. So it just looks and mm. sounds incredible. They were brilliant. They're great bands. Yeah. Adam Yauch was the driving force. Jack, are you a Beastie Boys fan? Well, it's it's weird. So I, the thing I remember about the Beastie Boys was that my mum thought they were called those Beastly Boys, which was slightly odd. But, uh, <laughs> but I kind of, I, I sort of quite liked their music a bit, right? But I had this overwhelming sense that they're good guys, and I don't really know why, except I sort of yeah. think that history has, has continually seemed to reinforce that in my head some somewhere along the line so i was just interested to check in is that the case as well as being a good act are they good are they good guys they seem to be really really good guys they seem to be really intelligent for a start they were, they were young guys that lived in new york and i think brooklyn was their, uh, their, their borough and they just wanted to have fun and be part of this new movement which they were part of uh, creating hip-hop and rap hadn't really taken off they there was some rappers he had run dmc and various other um acts started cropping up then so they, they formed part of that and they are the most successful hip-hop uh, hip act, act of all time you know that they, they sold 22 million records or, or whatever it is worldwide and they just seem to be genuine down-to-earth guys that just want that liked each other's company and just wanted to do daft shit as well. But one of the things mm. that does come out of it is, is that all of that stuff that you see originally was uh, manufactured by Rick Rubin, famous record producer, yeah, worked yeah. with just about everybody in the business. And it was manufactured and they got they got absolutely ripped off. They basically didn't mm. uh, earn any money from the first album after they stopped touring. So they just decided, well, do you know what? We're just going to go and do our own thing. And it, they took a year out and they sat down and learned how to play their instruments and then started experimenting with music. And you start to see a completely different side of them, definitely, Jax. Mm. Cool, all right. Well, that's, uh, yeah. that's the big sell. That's the Beastie Boys story on Apple TV+. Plus. And your other recommendations were Stuck on You on the ITV yep. player, The Devil Next Door about the Nazis on Netflix, uh, Chef Show on Netflix and uh, on YouTube, the channel The Royal Ocean Film Society. So now, Martin, That's you exactly can now it. interrogate Jack about his choices. Could I get to give Jack a right good grilling? Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, yeah. So, Jack, why are you so Grease your flanks, yeah. Jack. I want to know what's <laughs> on your list. What are your five? Okay, all right. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Jesus. Right, okay. So my five picks are as follows, right? Number number one, um, this is a Twitter thread by Elaine Page. Uh, and what she's done is she has performed one half of the duet of I Know Him So Well and that she has encouraged other people to film themselves doing the second half. And I have to tell you, right, that I, I have seen a video of a squirrel being given CPR and this has made me cry, genuinely made me cry more than that. So that's my first pick. 
Number two wow. is on Amazon Prime now. The uh, greatest television competition format the world has ever seen. All ten series are currently on Amazon Prime. I'm talking about, of course, MasterChef Australia. So that's my second pick. Pick number three is something that I happen to stumble no, hang across. On, you have to do, hang on, you have to do what? the rest of them in the voice of your pal from MasterChef Australia. Manu. No, no, he's no, 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 he's from, no, he's my kitchen no, rules. Kitchen rules. That, oh, come that's not going to work, mate. Yeah, anyway, no, we can't. Do it, no, we can't do it. So, Craig, uh, <laughs> get up my ass. I will not. I will not have this. <laughs> I, will, I will not have this getting MasterChef Australia wrong in my ass. Johnny, I don't like it. Make craps. Make us craps. Come, yeah. come on, guys. Come on, guys. Anyway, right. Choice. Choice number three is something that I happen across on Amazon Music, but is actually also available on YouTube, which is a really fucking weird album called The Ghost Orchid, right? And it is a German man who is stringing together clips of electronic voice phenomenon. So that's oh, quite intriguing. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my next choice, I think, is playing to my heartland here, which is, for now, right, for now, because we know what YouTube's like, things can go down as well as mm. up, um, yep. the whole yep. of ATV's thriller is available on YouTube right now. Mm. And then uh, my, fi- my final, my final, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God, my final choice is uh, a specific yeah. episode of uh, the podcast Reply All. It's episode 158, and it's called The Case of the Missing Hit. Before I ask you to elaborate on one of those, I have to confess I have seen the Elaine Page thing and I can guarantee you need to go and look at this. If you're listening to this now, stop, click the link that's on the bottom of the uh, the podcast information and watch it. It will end you. Wait until you you finish listening to the rest of this. Yeah, but listen to the rest of the podcast. Stop and then listen to the rest of the podcast. Uh, yeah, to cheer you back yeah, up. Why, can I, <laughs> but Martin, one, why is it? Why does it tug at your heartstrings so? I can't quite articulate it yet. I don't know. There's there's two things in it. So Elaine Page is, mm. is getting on in years. That's the yeah, first thing. And yes. she's she's yeah. sitting in a wicker. She's sitting in a wicker chair, and she mm. sings. And it's the kind of cheesy way that the lyrics come up in the screen for you to sing along with. But but the thing, the second thing that makes it really really amazing is the sincerity with which the people who have then recorded yeah. themselves with Elaine Page on yes. their iPod next to them and singing to it as mm-hmm. if it's a duet. It's, yeah. I can't think about it without but, laughing. It is absolutely see, uh, incredible. Ma- Martin has completely broken the format. Is now expanding on Wood of Jacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's good. So the one I want Jack to elaborate on, uh-huh. the one I want him to elaborate on, which I know something about, but I'd like Jack to tell us, is mm-hmm. Reply <laughs> All, The Case of the Missing Act. <laughs> tell us, Jack. Okay. All right. So Reply All is a, is a podcast from Gimlet Media, and it's been around for quite a long time. And Gimlet Media is, is probably sort of one of the go-to places for podcasts. And Reply All is kind of all right. Um, sometimes it's um, sometimes it's quite dull. But this particular episode, and I don't know how they happened to construct this, it's just absolutely phenomenal. So as I said, it's called The Case of the Missing Hit. And basically what it is is that there's a guy in California who has been haunted by the memory of a pop song from his youth. And um, he remembers the lyrics. He remembers the tune. He even remembers things like drum fills, how the bass went, and all that kind of stuff. So he does what, what any um, sane thinking man would do, which is he Googles it, and he cannot find this song anywhere. There is no trace of this on the internet. So what he wants to do is he wants to see if he can find it. And, and so thus kicks off a very uh, entertaining and quite harm, heartwarming uh, exploration into trying to find this song. And the thing that really lifts the episode is that what the Reply or production team do is they get together a group of session musicians. And with this guy's, um, I, I want to say photographic memory, even though it's the music, they reconstruct this song in absolute precise uh, detail. And, and it's just phenomenal. I kind of don't want to say too much more about what happens after that, but it's just a joyous thing. Well, I was going to say, when they finally put the song together, does it go like this? Wasn't it good? Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, so Wasn't good. it fine? Oh, oh so, so fine. Isn't it mad? Yeah, so it's lovely. Yeah, it's a great record. Anyway, Martin. The, the, question, the question I have for you, Jack, and I suppose mm-hmm. this, this may well get answered in the podcast, is that 
how could it possibly be in the current age that we're in, as you say, a sensible person uh-huh. would go online and look for this. How could it possibly be that a song that this guy has remembered so well wouldn't be uh-huh. online? Well, you see, I don't want to. I don't want to answer that, Martin, because I think uh, I, I would spoil uh, the ending if I was if I uh, were to do that. Um, and I think this this is one of those ones where, and in a way, I'm going to slightly spoil it by saying it has a satisfying ending. So there is an outcome to this mystery. Uh, and, and actually, do you know what? One of the things that uh, this episode does really well, that podcasts generally tend to do incredibly badly, is it doesn't um, st- uh, stretch this story beyond its telling. Mm. So it's, it's, a one, it's, a, it's a mystery. It's a one-and-done mystery. And it's just massively satisfying all the way through. Before we move on, I just want to ask you, I, I mean, I, I was whenever I saw that on the, uh, the list, Thriller, uh, I, I have never heard of this. What is it? <laughs> What? So thriller, um, I would say thriller is is, yeah. is one of the foundation stones of TV cream, really. So thriller oh, yeah. is is probably the best um, anthology drama series that um, was made in the UK. So it was in the early to mid seventies, uh, made by ATV. So that's a massive. Uh, uh, tick and it also has lots of glass decanters and things in it. So, um, mm. so it, it's mm. very similar to all those other uh, anthology shows. But I don't know, uh, gentlemen, Chris Craig, help me out here. What is it that makes Thriller the best? There, there's various different things for me that make mm-hmm. it work. There's a lot of decanter work. There's yeah. a lot of uh, walking, walking into the foreground and look with shifty eyes while somebody behind you get, uh, does something. But I think also because the nature of the stories changes, so it's distinct from things like Tales of the Unexpected, yeah. because some of them are mysteries, some of them are supernatural, some of them are just mm-hmm. just uh, sort of murder cases. The, the format works very well for a lot of very good actors. Mm. And I think as well, the, the, uh, the quality of them holds up right the way through all of the series, which is not often the case these sorts of yes. things. I think my favourite one is probably called An Echo of Teresa, which is yeah. a sort of spy thriller, uh, whereas there are other mm-hmm. ones like uh, The Room at the Top of the Stairs, which is supernatural. So you, you, yeah. th- th- there are all sorts of things to fight in it. I exist and will exist until that final trump when Satan emerges to claim his very own. No, those people were real. I saw them. I knew them. And through them, you knew me. What do you think, Craig? Oh, yeah. I mean, The Room at the Top of the Stair, which I've watched with you, is one of my favourites. I got mm. the box set. I think Network brought it out about 10 years ago. Mm. And I've probably not actually finished yeah. it yet. There are so many of them. It mm. went on for a good few years. It's Brian Clemens, isn't it? Six, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was six series and it was Brian Clemens. Yeah. Of the Brian Avengers one of the great men of British television and also made the great yeah. Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. Um, mm. I think also it was made at a time when, apart from things like Captain Cronus, Vampire Hunter, there weren't many great, or weren't even many films being made in Britain. So actually mm-hmm. you get quite a good range of actors turning up in it, who obviously mm. needed the work, and it was good work. And I guess in those days ATV probably paid pretty well as well. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a decent production value to it. I mean, it's all very, you know shot on video, um, mm. a lot of interiors, a lot in sets, none of which are bad things for me for TV because I actually like that sort of television. No, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And, and, and yeah, so, yeah, it just it really does stand out. So, Martin, if you've not watched any, get watching them tonight or tomorrow. Oh, definitely, real. yeah. No, they sound great. So, so yes. Jack, that's your five picks, and they were the absolutely magnificent Elaine Page. I know him so well on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, MasterChef Australia. The entire the greatest television competition format the world has ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen yes, and that's on Amazon Prime. The Ghost mm-hmm. Orchid, uh, that's on YouTube. Thriller, mm-hmm. which is also on YouTube, all of them, and mm-hmm. Reply All podcast episode number one hundred and fifty-eight, the case of the missing hit. Get some Thank of that you very much, man. In you. Yes, <laughs> now. So that all sounds that all sounds exciting. I wonder how we could possibly top that. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and top that by saying two words. Craig William. <laughs> oh, my dear boy, my <laughs> dear dear boy. Um, okay, so um, the five I'm picking this week. One is almost two in one. It is Creepshow on Shudder. The second one is a YouTube poster called The Critical Drinker, who I kind of come and go on because it does kind of rely very heavily, or has stolen very heavily from 
the Mr. Plinkett idea that Red Letter Media do. And it's a Scottish guy who's a sort of belligerent um, uh, reviewer of films. However, like Mr. Plinkett, a lot of what he has to say about them are very, very good. So I like it for that. And the jokes are okay. The third one, uh, I've picked a film which is still on Netflix. It came out about a year and a half ago. About, I think it was before Christmas, before last. It's The Ballad of Buster Scruggs by the Coen Brothers, which I think stands alongside The Irishman as the masterpieces of the Netflix studio stroke factory. The fourth one, I was going to mention a book again, but that's a wanky thing to do. So I have actually put a late edition, which is the Boss Bitch Challenge. Terrible name, but there you go. And this is a thing that's been going on for a couple of weeks now, where stuntmen and whatnot do a thing where they, it's like a TikTok type thing, where they all run and mm -hmm. kick or punch the camera and it cuts to the next person. But the one that oh, dropped yeah. this week is kicked off by Zoe Bell, the New Zealand actor and stuntwoman and big fan and friend and collaborator of Quentin Tarantino. And it's all women, including some of the biggest stars on air. And it's absolutely fantastic. And it's a brilliant payoff. It's the best one yet. And the final one is a podcast. So that's on YouTube. The final thing is a podcast, which I just listened to today for the first time, called My Time Capsule. And it's an actor whose name just escaped me, who started doing these in the lockdown. And this is, he's done four. And the one he did this week is with Mark Gatiss. And as we're mostly, I think, here, all big Mark Gatiss fans. It underlines that he has excellent taste and also that he's one of the nicest men in the world. So one of the things he picks, you pick four things to go in a time capsule and one thing that you hate that would go away forever. And uh, not to give too many spoilers away, but among the things he puts that are good are Doctor Who and dogs, which is a great reason. And the What's thing the that he hates is PE from school. So, uh, oh, yeah. so these yeah. are all great. They've all been tickling my wing this week. And sorry, because I didn't quite pick it up, Craig. What was the the title of the stunt woman thing, Magic? You just mentioned there. Uh, boss bitch challenge. And what's that on YouTube? On the YouTube. Yeah, okay. I saw and the boss the, the boss bitch challenge, uh, Craig. Oh, and and one thing I did want to say about it, I thought it was very good because <sighs> I saw the stunt men one, didn't recognise mm -hmm. any of them, but saw the uh, that one that came out the past couple of days, and it's really amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. It's got a great payoff and all that. The one thing I thought was, it's a bit long, and it <laughs> kind of says something about your attention span for social media, that a five-minute video is too long. <laughs> I guess it says more about you than it does when you say that. Five minutes uh, of the world's hottest now, women, including stunt women, punching each other's fine by me, actually. <laughs> now, now, I don't want to talk about Boss Bitch Challenge, because I am interested, because I've seen the film, and um, the only reason I've seen the film is because we did it as a commentary. I, I'm interested in, in uh, finding out more about this creep show TV series. So, uh, so my first question for you on this, Craig, is, so how is this how has this come about? Has there been a groundswell of love for the original? Because there was two films, wasn't there? So do you know much about the backstory since, of what's brought this back to our screens? I think it was ever since uh, three very handsome men in West Central Scotland did a commentary <laughs> on um, Creep Show about right. three years ago. Um, I don't really know what the groundswell behind it is. I mean, it, for me, this one goes hand in hand with what Shudder is. And, and Chris brought it up last week when he talked about the Cursed series that was on it. Mm -hmm. I'd started to hear about Shudder really quite recently because my brother-in-law told us that he'd watched the, this documentary King Cohen about Larry Cohen on it. So it's been going mm -hmm. for a few years now. It was curated by guys who used to work on Fangoria. And it's, a, it's a, an app-based streaming service, so you can just download it onto your telly or whatever. We did it last <laughs> week for five and a month. And we've watched about three films, and my son and I have watched all of Creepshow. And uh, I'd seen a wow. couple of Creepshow before because of, uh, you know, who gave things. But um, the Creepshow, there's only six episodes in the series. Each has mm -hmm. two stories within it, and it is bookended and merged and connected in the same way that the Creepshow film is. Yeah, Because well, that, that was my, a very nice recollection from the film. Yeah, and there's a very nice... Um, uh, animatronic of uh, the creep who comes in between them all and laughs and points at things and whatnot. You'll kill again. And um, the people behind it, the main man behind it is Nick. Um, <laughs> uh, no, Greg Nicotero. Sorry, not Nick Gregatero. Greg Nicotero, <laughs> who has um, who started. Apparently, he says he. I saw a little interview with him that he, when he was a teenager trying to get into films because he loved makeup. And um, George Romero <laughs> brought him on set, and that's how he started off. And he's a makeup artist and designer. And he does The Walking Dead and all that sort of stuff. And um, he works with Tom Savini, who directs some of them. And it's just really, really good. You know, each of them is 45 minutes long with two stories. 
So there's 12 stories across the series, of which, for me, there were only two that were slightly weak. There's a version of The Monkey's Paw, which has got a good moment in it, but overall it's a bit meh. And actually the last mm-hmm. one, which is based on a story by Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, about Champ, the sea, the, the main uh, sea monster, uh, lock monster, mm. lake monster. Um, it's got a nice setup and a nice idea, but it actually just feels like a knockoff Stephen King, and it's a bit overly sentimental, and the main actress in it is incredibly annoying. But um, beyond that, the other ten, I think, are absolutely terrific. In the corners of this world, help me! They'll drive you insane. A new generation of horror has And if you get a chance to see, and Shudder, to me, is great value and great fun and has a nice pulpy feel to it as a station. Mm. So uh, it's a nice, a nice introduction to watching stuff on Shudder. So I was going to ask you about that because obviously there's a lot of we just talked about thriller, of course, as an anthology yeah. series, and there's quite a lot of horror anthology series. So what is the thing that um, it, Creepshow sets the store by? Is it schlocky? Is it that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, certainly. That's why I think the last one, did, the last one about the the, the sea monster and the lock monster, didn't work so well because it's at its best when it's schlocky. It's very gory, actually, which is mm-hmm. is quite surprising, but but really quite welcome. And it has that same comic book morality of the EC comics, and that the film originally has as well. You know, people who behave badly, bad things happen to them as a result of it. And Craig, this this is you, this has got a lot of big names in it as well, hasn't it? Because I saw no. this getting promoed about a year ago. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it doesn't really. I mean, uh, actor-wise, it's... I mean, Chris, you've seen it too, so I think you'll back me up here. There are very few faces that you really know terribly well in it. There's um, Bruce Davison turns up in one, The Monkey's Paw, and he's yeah. quite old now, you know? Mm. Um, beyond mm-hmm. him, Chris, was there anyone else that we recognised? No, I, I, I think there are some uh, There are some sort of B-list, B-movie actors, in as much as the uh-huh. sort of standard television production actors, but there aren't any... There aren't any stars that I can think of. No, uh, particularly no. Yes, there well, might be people that you yes. remember. No, in, in the way that, that for for example, the uh, the Jordan Peele revival of the Twilight Zone did have stars in it. This yeah. kind of gets away from that, which I mean, it's not necessarily a good or bad thing per se, but I suspect it's to do with uh, it's to do with budget. And if yeah. and if they're yeah. going to spend the budget on the production rather than above the line names, then I I can't yeah. help but think that's a good thing. The, the only one I recognised from before was um, the very attractive woman that's in Battlestar Galactica is in it. So does any, uh, Martin, Chris, anything you want to ask Craig about Creepshow? Not about Creepshow, but I would like mm-hmm. to hear Craig's uh, one-line summing up of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, Christ, that's difficult. Um, it's, a, it's a portmanteau western with the wild, the wacky, the sad and the supernatural. Wow, that's brilliant. That's really good though, isn't it? (laughs) So I'm going to summarise your five choices, uh, Craig, and keep me right here in case I get any of this wrong. Uh, So uh, your five choices were Creepshow, which is available on Shudder. There was The Critical Drinker, which is uh, on YouTube. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix. The Boss Bitch Challenge, which you can find on YouTube. And uh, a podcast which goes under the name of My Time Capsule. That's it. Yep, absolutely. Lovely. So, Craig, you know, you, uh, you interrogate me. I'm about to interrogate you very, very closely, sir. Hiya, pal. Hiya. Chris, give us your five. Okay, so my five this uh, this time round are on YouTube, A Murder of Quality, which is the uh, adaptation of the Lacari murder Ooh. mystery novel, which is uh, Thames production, I think, which is uh, sitting on YouTube. Also on YouTube, the Ghost Train, which is the uh, Arthur Askey film, uh, which <coughs> is billed on YouTube as being a reversioned, reconditioned version or whatever, which does look very nice. On iPlayer, uh, Comic Roots. Comic Roots was a series, but they only have the one, which is the Kenneth Williams edition, talking about his uh, his past and his childhood. And number four, The Knowledge, Jack Rosenthal television play, which is on YouTube. And back to iPlayer for my fifth suggestion, which is an edition of Arena called The Burger and the King. 
which is about the food of Elvis Presley. Right. Uh-huh. Um, a great list there. Um, we've talked to you and I a lot about a mother of quality. The ghost train's a favourite of mine. Uh, you and I have mm-hmm. walked the streets of comic routes, and uh, have. Which, is a, which is a good link into the knowledge as well, which I remember mm-hmm. seeing it first from Telly, but I'm going to ask you about, because I think it's the one I remember seeing back in the day, Arena, the Burger and the King. Oh, come on, big man. So the Burger and the King, uh, which is a sort of uh, 90s production, an edition of Arena, the the, the BBC Arts Thread, is a really beautifully made, nicely, nice tone uh, to it of uh, the sort of food that Elvis Presley ate from his childhood right up till his death. So it's kind of his life in a series of dishes. Through the food, it explores what his... Uh, psychology and the, and the relationship that he had with food uh, and th- because as we all know he became very overweight and it's always been assumed that he basically ate himself to death having died on the toilet and he's notorious <laughs> for having eaten cheeseburgers constantly and that sort of thing it begins in his uh, childhood in Tupelo Mississippi and they, uh, and as they do with all of these things they go to Tupelo they meet some people who live there. They talk to some of his still living relatives at the time, but they made it an aunt, a cousin, a friend, but also just some people who live in Tupelo. They go squirrel hunting because he ate squirrel. Uh, they, they show them cooking. Uh, they show you, you show you catching, and the, the one slightly if you've seen skinning and cooking a squirrel. This is what we was reared on: pig feet and pig ears, and. Green. Yes. Uh, they also, uh, and then it moves on till he becomes a bit more famous, and he can eat. Uh, and then there's the cheeseburgers. The hero of the piece, and I saw, I suppose, uh, the more prissy would say the anti-hero of the pe- of the piece is a woman called uh, Mary Lou, who was his cook, a black woman who mm-hmm. was his cook, who he called May Wee, the Wee, <laughs> uh, and her job was to her job was to produce food for him, morning, noon, or night, on call. And then she starts to describe the sort of food that she made. And some of it is a bit of a struggle to watch. Uh, the, f- the the notorious fried uh, peanut butter and banana sandwiches, uh, mm. for example, which are toasted bread, spread thick with peanut butter, bananas layered on them, and then fried in, in like a pound of butter. Uh, and he, oh, had, wow. he had loads of them over and over again. And he would call for them at morning, noon, or night. They had him on a strict diet one time. Had food coming in from uh, California for him. And uh, sometimes he would eat it and sometimes he wouldn't. He said that's the only thing he got any enjoyment out of was eating. And he wanted to eat whatever he wanted. He wanted. And then there's this food mm. they had in the army and food they had later on. And when it started to get about out of control, the point of it, though, is to sort of demonstrate that food was the central preoccupation of his life because of his utter poverty when he was a child. Mm-hmm. And it was the only thing, as as his cook says to him at one point, it's the only thing that gave him any pleasure. And I don't mm-hmm. have, I'm not particularly interested in Elvis Presley, I have to say. You know, I like the odd record and a couple of films are good. Uh, Viva Las Vegas is a good film, but I'm not mm-hmm. an Elvis fan particularly. And I, I wondered when the first time we watch it whether you're supposed to be appalled eh, by it, which yeah. I think is I think is probably some people would be appalled by it. Actually, I came out of it eh, feeling very well disposed towards eh, Elvis Presley. He wasn't a happy man. He got mm-hmm. a lot of comfort from the food that he ate. The person who very clearly he was closest to in the world was his cook, this older black woman who he bought a house for at a time, by the way, living in Memphis when you had not expected a rich white person to to give the time of day to a black person. Yeah. And he just comes across as a bit of a poor soul. And I came, and as I say, I came out of it feeling very well disposed to him. It's really well made. It doesn't, it, it introduces all of the cliches. What, uh, what you've already referred to as having called lazy ass 
lazy slag cliches, <laughs> but it does them. But it does them in a way that it uses them to tell the story. Uh, so this is the cliche: is the cheeseburger. So here's the cheeseburger. It, it, it demonstrates he did have a manipulative side because he was in hospital basically to lose weight and because he was ill, but ordered the people who worked for him to bring him food. Otherwise, he would, he would fire them. And one of them who had been yeah. with him for very years, he did fire. But it, it's it's paced very well. Music is used very cleverly and, and sensitively throughout it. I watch it a lot over the years because I find it a very comfortable watch. And I and I think probably because of the lockdown and they've put a lot of stuff onto the iPlayer, this is one of the things they've put on. Uh, so if you go to the iPlayer and you see it, the channels at the top, you can select from the archive. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of arena documentaries. I have to say that quite a lot of the arts documentaries they've picked are particularly wanky, and mm-hmm. uh, I think this is this is the uh, this is the exception. So I, w- I would highly recommend it. It, it strikes me. Um, it is the one I remember. That's why I want to check with you. Uh, you say that you know it deals with a lot of the cliches to some extent. I think in Britain. A lot of the lazy slag jokes about Elvis and his weight and all that sort of thing actually come from this documentary because it was a really big deal when it was first shown. Well, I don't mean it was like, you know, sold ahead and, you know, got a mass audience, but it gained a lot of currency quite quickly. It was a real, did you see that documentary about Elvis? That's more of a statement than a question, but I left it open. Yeah, no, but I, th- no, but I think that's true. I mean, it, it, was, it was a big, uh, it did have a big impact. Uh, I think probably in Britain. I think in America, he he was already well known, uh, mm. you know, for for all of the, the the food and the fried jelly donuts and all that sort of thing. Because they they had been a cliche in America for a long time, uh, in a way that you know Americans aren't terribly judgmental about that sort of thing. Or certainly they didn't used to be. Now that everybody's a body Nazi, they they are. I think the the perception mm. in America was always. Well, you know, he was rich, he was successful. He didn't have any likes. In Britain, there's a feeling that you should you get rich and you get successful, and then you do what you should, and then that's an entirely yeah. different pros- pr- but, but, prospect altogether. But also, in Britain, we ate less like that then, whereas now, you know, massive portions and huge Sundays or big treats or that sort of thing has become a part of the culture and therefore, you know, you get the crisis and obesity and all that sort of stuff that gets talked about. But back then, I think for us watching it, I remember being astounded at what he was eating, that he had the access to that all the mm-hmm. time because we simply didn't have that even 25 years ago, whatever it was. It was nothing like it is now with the availability of that kind of food. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. And and, and certainly, you, you also can't overstate how awful some of the food is. Uh, not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily his fault. Like one of the queasiest bits of it is the section in the army. So they they talk about when he get drafted and he went into the army in Germany, and so they go to an army base at the time of the making of the thing, and they they go to the kitchens and there's there's a drill sergeant or whoever showing some uh, some new people how to make the the food the standard food, as he says, standardization mm-hmm. is the key. And they make this thing called creamed beef, <laughs> which is one of the most mm. appalling things I have ever seen, mm. uh, which is basically, a th- must be cooked, because it's not cooked very long, uh, chipped beef with evaporated milk. And it's a sort oh, of creamy God. thing, and it's utterly revolting. That sounds disgusting. And, uh, yes, oh. it really is. But they've been serving it in the, it's, a, it's for breakfast, by the way. And it's called in the army. It's called mm. SOS, basically shit on a shovel. And they've been serving Jeez, it. I would not. They've been serving it. I would not fancy cleaning out Elvis's cage in the morning. <laughs> they've been serving it. <laughs> they've been serving it in the army since the in America since the First World War, and it, it just looks oh, awful. God. But apparently, Aye. he liked it because probably because it was sweet and it was it was meat. Mind you, you say they've mm. since the First World War. They, they came to that quite late, like they did with the second, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but one last thought, I'll pass it over to these guys. Is The one surprise to me about is, famously, I think he was found with something like £40 of impacted faecal matter in his colon when yeah. he died. Ooh. That is quite surprising, given the amount of peanut butter and banana sandwiches. You thought that would have... That would have got through the system quite quickly. Or <laughs> oh. There's a fair amount of fibre in that, isn't there? 
they speak the to uh, <laughs> they speak to his doctor during it, and he looks very uncomfortable. The doctor, uh, because you know he's 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 clearly spoken to them because there's you know it's the BBC and it's terribly uh, yeah. there's an arts documentary, and then you think he realizes you can see him begin to look very uncomfortable as he's talking, <laughs> but it, it's discussed in sort of uh, a couple of different places, and effectively, he was so. By this time, he was so full of drugs because he had suffered some injuries, and 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 then his natural inclination to overeat, and his psychological need to to comfort eat, meant that he ate and ate and ate and didn't ever feel full. Yeah. So therefore, mm. he got what they what they describe I think as a mega colon, which effectively just means that his entire system was was backed up with what's described as a sort of clay. Uh, and uh, be, be, wow. because he just kept on pushing more and more, more and more food into the system. And then eventually there was no way to get it out. Jesus. Jesus. Delightful. Martin, I'm thinking of your son, Jake, at this point. <laughs> the, the movement. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, this, <laughs> this documentary sounds amazing. I think I might have seen it, um, I, I can't be sure, but I do know about the crazy loaf that Elvis used to eat, the thing where he put, like, bacon and jam and all that sort of stuff in it, and, and I oh, think yeah, it the, might have even been well, deep-fried as well. Well, it's not deep-fried, but, that, yeah, it, it's sort of... Uh, it, it, that was quite notorious even in America. It was they, they flew to a a a, re, a restaurant in Denver, I think. Uh, mm. and, and you, you're introduced to this guy called Lamar Fikes, who was his friend, who ended up getting <laughs> gastric gastric band surgery, uh, and they they have these things where it's an entire bloomer loaf. If you can imagine an entire bloomer loaf with two cuts through mm-hmm. it, so that it's in three tiers. Onto mm-hmm. that is put multiple jars of peanut butter, jam, <laughs> pounds of bacon, and they ordered oh. and, and they ordered twenty two. Oh, wow! And the guy who has the wow. restaurant says that one of these sandwiches is forty two thousand calories. Good. Now, Whoa. now the, I think the you point that you are going to die. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the well, I think the point of uh, <laughs> I think the point of the guy describing it is that. You're not actually meant to buy it. They just say they'll do yeah. it. You know, one of those things where you know, everybody goes on about deep fried Mars bars and things. It's just things that mm-hmm. they say they'll make you so that they can put it in the window. I don't think they ever expected anybody to turn up uh, and actually buy two dozen of these things and then go, get them sent oh, to the plane fucks. and then eat them. Uh, <laughs> Incredible. It's just extraordinary. I'm surprised the plane took off again at the end of that. Mm. <laughs> Wasn't. Wasn't there also a thing with Elvis where he didn't like going to restaurants because he didn't like using a knife and fork? Did, did no, they talk about that no, well I, I, in that documentary? Well, you, they do talk about it, but that's not because he liked using a knife and fork. I think that's that's one of the things that there's a there's a person in it who's a sort of you know like uh, the the brain gremlin. He talks like that, you know. Uh-huh. Like, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> if he just if he had yeah. just got to know some culture, that's uh-huh. not what I call <laughs> civilized. And effectively, that that is just. And the way they film it is very good because it's set up that he's actually just a dick. The reason that one of them said that it's one of his actual friends said that he didn't like to go to restaurants is because he just got, he didn't like to be hassled. Uh, he mm, he right. stayed at home to eat. He didn't like to go to restaurants. He wasn't interested in fine dining. He just wanted the food that he had had made by his mother when he was a child, and he wanted it his entire life. And the very interesting mm. psychological thing is that in the months before he died. He actually started to shun the rich food that he was enjoying, cheeseburgers and things like that, and went back to eating things mm. like collard greens and cornbread, mm. which are not which are not bad for you by any means. Uh, but he no, had gone but collard greens are and, fucking horrible. Oh, they are horrible. Another they, another they'd gone completely fact, full circle to his childhood, and then he died. Yeah. Another wee interesting fact about Elvis is that he loved his mum's toes. He was obsessed with his mum's right, toes. There's no fucking need for that. <laughs> he did. He was, when, when she died and she was in the coffin, he was oh, over like, weeping on her toes. Maybe, maybe he liked he also, a bit of feet loaf. Did, did he, <laughs> didn't he sleep in her bed till he was about 15 or something? Yeah. Huh? I, think that's so, I think that's so because they only had one bed. 
I think it's. Ah, I think yeah. the toes. He was the is, fucking king, though. I think the toes thing is citation needed. <laughs> yeah, no, he true. was the fucking king. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. He yeah. was the king. Yeah. All right. He, he was. He was. Uh, and and unlike oh. the prince, no one ever accused them of going to sex with underage. Oh no, actually, no. Hang on a minute. No, that's, uh, that's not quite true. Is it? <laughs> well, thank you. Are that, are I choice. think I'm actually going to go and watch that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and watch that, right. actually. Uh, I must admit, the pre-lentils I had as part of my dinner are sitting a bit heavily on me now, but... <laughs> <laughs> so those so are that, my five Chris, you're five, and those five are, my friend, a murder of quality on YouTube. I'll just drop in the contentious point here that, having watched that recently, I'm just going to let this dangle. You have suggested Denim Elliott might be the great smiley. Just leaving yep. it out there. Yep, yep. Ooh. The Ghost Train on YouTube, starring Arthur Askey. Turned out nice again. Comic Roots mm. with Kenneth Williams and iPlayer. Yes. The Knowledge <laughs> on YouTube, which I remember for seeing boobs in when I was a kid. Yep. And Arena, The Burger and the King, which can be found in the archive section of the iPlayer. Uh, there you go. Oh, so that was, isn't it? Yep, so that's of that's us got our uh, each of us have given our five suggestions. Jack, we'll post them yes. on the uh, on the feed so that everybody can catch up with them. We'll we'll say at mm-hmm. this stage YouTube things may disappear, that's the way of it. And, YouTube links uh, can go down as well as up, Chris. Indeed. And <laughs> like stalactites and stalactites. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, because they don't go down. Not really, not, I not really like that the at tights, all. Yeah. tights come down. Aye, but they don't go up as well. Yeah, you put tights up. They don't shift <laughs> around when you're stalactites. Stalactites. Jesus. We've had a few suggestions I think, I think from, uh, from the people oh, yes. of, the, of the of the internet, uh, mm. and uh, our associate Graham has suggested uh, on YouTube. Uh, the, uh, hide You're hide laughing the already, Chris. <laughs> the Felix Bones <laughs> cuts of, of the closing titles of Hide and Hide. Ron Logan has suggested A Night to Remember, but it's the Catherine Zeta-Jones TV movie. Wow. Uh, Lee, <laughs> Ron, Ron Logan is a good name for a weatherman, by the way. I hope you're a weatherman, Ron. Uh, mm. and Lee Wall has suggested the uh, final edition of Football Gazetta Italia, which was uh, from the 4th of May 2002. And mm. Nick McCarroll uh, has pointed to something else that's on the uh, the iPlayer, uh, which is all of the Storyville documentaries on O.J. Simpson. Uh, and I think oh. I might catch up with uh, a couple of those. I might leave the night to remember, mm. to be honest, but... <laughs> And Gazetta Italia, <laughs> but I'll certainly. Let's face it, you're going to wolf this. down Felix Bonas, aren't you? I'm going straight to the Felix Bonas when we finish. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you're so already. Uh, keep your suggestions coming, and mm. uh, at this stage, we'll say uh, until next time. Keep well and keep safe, and it's goodbye from Craig. Goodbye, folks. Take care. Goodbye from Jack. Yes, you take care every single one of you. It's goodbye from Martin. Cheerio, everybody. And it's goodbye from me, Chris. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> what the? Hang on. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 B